we're, we're calling it the content sprouting technique. So you start with the seed piece of content, and then once you're ready to expand it into different pieces, you're sprouting it. And then you have to promote it, so then you pollinate it. And then what's going to happen after you pollinate it is you monetization, right? So you harvest it. If you're good at video, do video. If you're good at audio, do audio. If you like to write, go ahead and write. I think it's more competitive right now, but start with one seed first and then expand. I love the way Eric Sue talks about content and taking a sprout piece of content, a seed piece of content, and then expanding it into, into other uh, dimensions and other circumstances. Such a smart way uh, to do content marketing and social media. Eric Sue from Single Grain, he's the CEO of that digital marketing agency, is our guest this week on the Social Pros Podcast. I'm Jay Bear from Convince and Convert. Thanks as much uh, for being here as always. Adam from Salesforce, not with us uh, this afternoon, so flying solo with Eric, but you're really going to enjoy this show. Eric uh, runs a, a good-sized digital marketing agency had tremendous success. And as you'll hear later on in the episode, Eric bought the agency for $2, $2, which is a pretty good return on investment. I want to get right to the episode, but first remind you that our benefactors here at the Social Pros Podcast include Salesforce Marketing Cloud. We have a brand new report called The State of Marketing. They interviewed, check this out, 4,100 marketing leaders from all around the world. This is the fifth edition of the research. Uh, talk all about the impact of customer experience on marketing, how the role of social media is changing, how critical AI is in 2019 and beyond. And Eric will talk about AI in this episode a little bit later. I want you to download this. It doesn't cost you nothing. You will learn a lot. It's great research. It's at bit.ly slash says. That's bit.ly slash J-A-Y-S-A-Y-S. Also, new sponsor this week, our pals at Pattern89. Man, I love these guys. In fact, Pattern89 is something I need to tell uh, Eric about. It's a results-driven AI platform for paid social. So you get real-time campaign advice to tell you what you should be doing different, better in your paid social. Uh, and it digs into 2,500 plus dimensions of your advertising using their artificial intelligence engine to auto-optimize the best creative for your campaigns. So if you want your paid social to work better and you want to throw some serious big data at it and do it in an affordable price, Pattern 89 are the guys that I recommend. Love them. Go to Pattern 89, pattern89.com slash social pros to learn more. Pattern89.com slash social pros. Free trial too. You're going to love it. Here we go with this week's Social Pros Podcast. Eric Sue, CEO of Single Grain, legendary LA-based digital marketing agency, is this week's guest on Social Pros. Eric, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Jay. So tell us a little bit about how you are structured at Single Grain. I mean, I, I started doing uh, digital agency stuff in, in the 90s, like the early 90s when domain names were free. Uh, and, and, and between now and then is obviously A, a long time because I'm old, but B, <laughs> what, what digital agencies do and how they're structured has necessarily changed a lot over the years. And even your business, right? You guys started more, I think, on the search side and then, mm -hmm. and then evolved into a lot of other uh, services. Talk a little bit about how you're structured. Yeah, uh, I can talk about the structure and I can talk about the, how I bought the agency for $2. Um, so maybe someone you've had in the past is um, Sujit Patel on your podcast. I don't know if you have or not, but uh, so there's a, another marketer named Neil Patel, his cousin, sure. um, you know, wanted to help with the agency and I came into it. Um, but I'll, I'll leave the $2 story for later. But in terms of how we're structured, um, we are primarily focused on uh, paid media over here. So we pr primarily work with um, large tech companies or software as a service companies. That's kind of you know, my background. And um, yeah, you know, the way it is, is, you know, I, I'm, I'm at the top. We're actually in the process of hiring a CEO right now. And then you go, you go later below that, then you have the people that are actually doing the work to technicians, um, which is, I think what you would typically see, but um, 
the account managers are uh, actually doing the work. And then the content team is, because my background's in marketing, it's, it's almost like our own little internal marketing team. We don't really do it for clients per se, but we do a lot of it for ourselves, right? So we got our two podcasts, we got our blog, um, we, we do live events. So there's a lot of things that we do around that. And I try to kind of shield them like they're like my baby <laughs> from, uh, from client work. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Do you think of, of paid media today, say paid search and paid social, even paid display, do you think of all of those as the same and do you manage them the same or, or do you have different people on say uh, SEM paid Google versus uh, Facebook, Instagram? Yeah, good question. So we do have people that are specialists in a certain area. That being said, we do try to make them uh, more, more T-shaped as marketers um, where they can understand kind of at least the basics around the other areas. Um, so yeah, I mean, short answer to your question is yes, we have specialists around Google, we have specialists around Facebook, LinkedIn, and so on. When you think about uh, content today, you mentioned uh, sort of the content team, and then obviously you've got all the different social channels now, some paid, some organic. Do you feel like content and social are still different or are they the same thing and social is just a short piece of content or a smaller piece of content or uh, is social just an amplification vehicle for a longer form content execution? To me, I feel like it's the same thing. Even before we started this podcast, I was like, man, I really think content and social are the same thing. Like, so I'm glad you asked that question Um, because you know what you're doing, whether it's on social platforms, you're publishing content. And then if your content's good, you start to build an audience. And it's the same thing with the blog too. You start to build an audience because you're publishing good stuff. People opt into your list, right? And you can pull people into your world. So to me, it's it's the same thing. And once you start to, you write good stuff, you build an audience, that's your amplification tool. Um, So yeah, they're very similar. I'll just put it that way. Do you feel like today every client that you work with has to be everywhere? I mean, to, to me, that's one of the most fatiguing things about the business today is that there's so many stones that you uh, probably should turn over in order to reach your maximum audience, maximum conversions, et cetera. Uh, and, and it is both time intensive and, and financially uh, daunting sometimes to say, all right, now we've got to be on Snapchat and now we've got to be on WhatsApp and now we've yep. got to have, it just, it's a lot. It's good for job security, I suppose. Yep. Uh, but, but do your clients ever say, man, you're, you guys are telling me I got to do something new again? Yeah. So, you know, what's interesting, um, the, all the stuff that we do from a content perspective on our side, um, you know, it, we don't, for better or worse, we don't really recommend it to our clients. I mean, like, you know, for working with Uber or like Amazon, for example, they're already doing their own thing. Um, So, you know, I I think that the first part to your question was, um, do you need to be everywhere? Something around that, right? Yeah. And so, you know, what Neil and I talk about on, on our, um, the, the marketing school podcast, we keep talking about omni-channel marketing, which I'm sure you have people talking about on this podcast too. But, um, the problem is now attention is so split. So, you know, we, when I think about going to Netflix, when I watch a video on Netflix, right. And I end up opening my phone and I start watching YouTube videos. So my attention is being split. So they talk about the rule of seven all the time, but is it really the rule of seven or is it more like the rule of 17 now or the rule of 14? Um, Cause you know, these like Facebook, Google, all these companies, they are what, what their business models are all about advertising, right? So they want you to stay there more. They want to hold your attention more. That's how they're incentivizing. It's so true. When you're staffing at, at single grain, are you looking for a particular type of person or a particular skill set at this point or, or, or both? Yeah. So 
I think I'm looking for a particular person because like, you know, I, I don't really focus a lot on the agency side of things. We have our software, we have, um, we have our education stuff, we have products, right. Which is kind of my, my background. Um, yep. so, you know, you want to look for someone that at least for me, I should just say for me, uh, you know, we look for people that are people talk about, Oh, culture fit. Right. But like culture fit is someone for us. One of our main tenants is growth. As long as they're growth oriented, the skill stuff that's going to come in, that's fine because they're very open-minded, right? And then we have our other core values too. But, you know, the skill stuff becomes easy to train because there's, you know, you're training on this stuff. Um, you've been doing this for a long time. Um, you know, I'm talking about this a lot. You can get that anywhere. But if you have the wrong attitude, that, that's, that's hard to kind of untrain because you've been doing that for, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, sure. plus years. Yep. We talk about this a lot on the show and, and offline. Like, what, are the, what are the services or the pieces of that continuum that you think agencies are disproportionately good at delivering? Like, you know what? Agencies should do this. Yep. Third party should do this. And in-house, you should probably do that. Like, what's the secret sauce now for, for the agency side of it? Yeah, that's a good question. I think a lot of things that are going on, we see this like, more and more clients are taking things internal, like in-house. And I actually, I actually tell clients, uh, <laughs> maybe to our detriment, that, uh, hey, I, I actually recommend that you take things in-house. But for us, you know, the, the benefit you get from working with an agency is, you know, we're iterating really quickly on the newest things, right? We're trying the newest things, not only on ourselves, but then we're translating those learnings over to clients, right? So we're, we're, we're getting a lot of learnings from different areas and then we're able to take the best learnings and, and, and help you um, execute on them. But, you know, the, the most important thing I think for agencies to differentiate themselves is you're offering some sort of transformation, right? So if you have some type of, you know, amazing webinar funnel that works really well and you start deploying it for clients and you continue to add value to that funnel, instead of just saying, you're just going to do execution, you can then afford, um, not afford, you can then charge a lot more money. Then it's not just, Oh, you know, I'm going to pay you a couple thousand dollars a month and you're a vendor. I'm going to check, I'm going to can you six months down the road. Yeah. Cause you're actually then executing it and making it happen for them. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. When, when you get a new client or you get a new engagement or even somebody you're working with in, in one of your education programs, is there something that you typically encourage people to do less of in social and digital? Where you're like, you know what? You're probably wasting time by, by, by focusing on this thing and that thing is probably not delivering return. You should just do less of it. Stop doing that. Right. I think you would, you would align with this too. I, I think it's, for me, it's, people saying that they do things, but they're doing it wrong. Right. So they're like, Hey, yeah, you know, we tried the content marketing thing. They're very dismissive. Didn't work well. And then you look at what they did and they're writing like one post a month and it's like a 300 word article and you wonder why they're not successful with it. So it's, it's, you know, it also depends on the stage that they're at. Right. But it's, it's doing the right things. Right. And not trying to do too many things, especially if you're um, if you just raised the series a and you're just getting started. Um, but if you have bigger budgets, you know, you have more kind of leeway to, to try many things at once and see what sticks. That's one of the things I think is fascinating about, about your business. Uh, Eric Sue is our guest this week on the Social Pros Podcast. He's CEO of Single Grain, an LA-based digital marketing powerhouse, and also the host of two spectacular podcasts, Marketing School, which is a daily show with the legendary Neil Patel and Growth Everywhere. Eric, you have an interesting uh, client mix at Single Grain because you do some work with, with startups and sort of Series A funded companies, as you just mentioned, but also some really giant uh, enterprise organizations that's got to be really interesting from a client management perspective, right? Because their, their expertise and, and maybe even their expectations of you has to be quite a bit different. Um, how, how do you, how do you go about that? Yeah, that's a good question. I think um, like, so if you compare Uber, right. Or you, or if we look at, uh, let's, let's see, we work with like Amazon too. 
those are fairly similar because Uber is considered a startup, but they're about to IPO. So those are, <laughs> those are kind of a similar range, right? But then when you yeah. look at, um, so similar setup there, but then when you look at the Series A companies, um, as long as they have like a marketing manager and a marketing team, the setup is almost the same, right? Um, I would say that, you know, w- working with a large company like Uber, for example, you might be meeting with some of their executives sometimes. Like if we're doing a really kick butt job, you end up getting dragged into not, <laughs> these, these executive meetings, which are a good thing. I shouldn't say dragged into, but you get pulled into these meetings yeah. um, and you get to have like much uh, higher level conversations and you get to feel like you're part of the team. Um, and we actually encourage that with our even Series A funded companies too. Let's say to raise five, $10 million, um, you know, treating us as a partner versus a vendor leads to much better results. And when they do that, um, it makes things a lot easier. As a company that, that is data-driven and, and based on metrics and results and performance uh, and, and paid media, I'm interested to ask you your take on, on influencer marketing. Such a, a big part of the social media landscape today is activating influencers and using influencers on Instagram and other channels to, to boost yeah. reach and, and, yeah. and things like that. My experience, uh, both as a uh, quasi-influencer and, and also as a marketing consultant, is that that can certainly work, uh, but sometimes the path to success can be a little bit more elliptical and, and the measurement schema can be a little different than what you might find in, you know, give Google money, run report. Uh, what is your take on that at single grain and, and just as, as Eric Sue and uh, where do you see that part of the business headed? Yeah, you know, that, that's so interesting because I'm, I'm an angel investor in this one. Uh, they were an influencer marketing company and the data showed them that they should pivot away from it. And they, they ended up becoming this company called Catalog, which they offer kind of images for, um, for social or for, for like retailers. And, um, you know, they found that influencer model was kind of like, you know, very, very up and down and, you know, clients churned quite a bit. And it's kind of what you're alluding to too. Like it, it's, it's, it's hit or miss sometimes. Like you could work with the influencer paid like millions of dollars and then, you know, you don't really get a return from it because you targeted someone that's too broad. So if I target like uh, Kim Kardashian to buy my marketing software, probably not the right fit. But what I would say is um, you mentioned quasi influencer or, um, you know, even like a, like a micro influencer. I think those are worth more because their audiences are the right fit if you're picking the right people and they're more engaged, right? They're, they're like the super yeah. fans. Um, so that's the direction I would go in if I was selling uh, like retail products. Um, software too, I would say like, you know, for, for Neil and I, for marketing school, a lot of people offer us uh, software. Like that's kind of the, the benefit of having um, a podcast that's continuing to grow. And I'm sure you get offers that are the same way. And, you know, they continue to do that. And they, they like, they're happy to continue to help us um, because they say like it helps. So that, that's kind of a, a, another example of us being, you know, kind of micro influencers in this space. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, recent announcement uh, in the last few weeks that LinkedIn is now going to offer live video, joining the brigade of social platforms that uh, offers live video, Facebook, obviously, YouTube, even Instagram with IGTV, Twitter with, uh, with Periscope, etc. Uh, where do you come down on, on the live video conversation uh, as, as a marketing tactic? Is it, is it something that everybody should be doing or is it becoming uh, a glut and, and we're going to kind of jump the shark here? Yeah, I, I'm in love with, with live. I mean, I think one of your questions later I, actually ties in with live. Um, and maybe I'll wait for that question later. But um, <laughs> live has been phenomenal for us. I mean, we use Wirecast, and I'm sure you've heard of Wirecast. But we yeah, simulcast yeah. to YouTube. We simulcast to Facebook. And now with LinkedIn, it's going to be one of the, 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 the main um, – or Wirecast is going to be one of the, the opening kind of API partners or integration partners. I, I'm all in on it because I can just – 
create three pieces of content at once and I can then make it into like 15 different blog posts and then yeah. like a bunch of different videos. Um, doing, going live on YouTube, our YouTube's not huge. We're at like 16, 17,000 subscribers, but we grew, um, our subscriber growth rate went up by 30, 40% um, just by starting to go live in January. Wow. So at least for right now, I'm all about it because we talked about earlier, you know, these platforms want you to stay on longer because that's how they make money and the lives help them stay longer. Uh, yeah. Stay longer. yeah. Do you do uh, either of your podcasts live or, or more um, advice and counsel kind of shows? Yeah. You know what? So um, yesterday, like Neil and I recorded for two hours for marketing school and we just, we go live now and it, it helps with watch time and everything. So why not? We, the growth of our podcast and what I've been doing for five years, um, originally I was doing one new episode a week and then uh, the, the, the four episodes, Tuesday through Fridays, were just repeat episodes because those, those stories are evergreen, right? And that was the logic. Now, I basically started taking my live videos and converting them into podcasts and then my, my download rate uh, doubled. On that one, that's more kind of, you know, daily off the cuff advice. And I just actually did like, you know, five minutes of advice before uh, we hopped on over here. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a, the best way to go about it. I mean, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to start with a piece of content, our advice is always to start with video because if you have video, you also have audio, right? Yep. And if you have audio and a transcribe as transcription, you have pretty much, you know, 80% of an article. Yep. Uh, and if you've got an article, then you've got, you know, an infographic and you can just sort of cascade it um, all the way down, yep. uh, down the, down the chute. Definitely 100%. the most efficient way to go. Do you feel like in, I don't know, let me throw out a, let me throw out a date. Let's say three years, Q1 2022, Eric Sue, here's your, here's your crystal ball. Are companies still going to do organic social media at all? Or will they just be like, nah? You know, um, people keep talking, oh, AI, AI, AI. I think, um, you know, everyone's talking about you have to be a data company. You have to be a data-oriented company. Completely agree with that. Um, where does the data go? It gets fed into machines, and you talk about machine learning and AI. I, I think a lot of it can um, eventually be automated because you're not going to be able to tell the difference between if it's a human doing it or if it's a machine doing it because it's so easy for for machines to eventually start to predict kind of what what humans will, engage will with. Work, yeah. Yeah, so that's where I think it's going. I, I do think it's still going to be. It's a communication medium, right? So I don't think social is going anywhere. Um, because communication is not going anywhere. Yeah, and especially for customer service, you know, we see more and more uh, citizens turning to social because they think, or sometimes correctly, that they'll get uh, better service on social versus phone or email or live chat or, or anything right. else. Yeah, yeah, Delta does a good job with that. I, I love them for that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a big, uh, big Delta, Delta guy uh, myself. All right, so I do want to ask you, before we get into the, the big two questions that we ask all of our guests here, I do want to ask you the story about you buying the agency for just two American dollars uh, <laughs> and, and turning it into what it's become, which seems like a pretty good return on investment. Uh, from a, Best from investment I've made so far. <laughs> uh, it's a pretty good gig. So tell us a little bit about that story. Yeah, so when I came into the, the agency, so I was working, uh, I was running growth at a company called Treehouse, um, and they teach online education or coding and web design. And uh, Neil, who was a um, mentor figure, he kind of taught me the ropes around online marketing. He said, look, you did a good job at this company. Why don't you come help save this company, right? So I went from you know, having a good product, a good team, to just having to sprinkle marketing onto it to see it grow, to saying, man, you know, Google's really hammering this company because we're an SEO. You said we're a search company, which is true. Um, things were just really tough for us. Um, and you know, man, could I save this failing operation um, could I do something I've never done before? So it was a challenge to myself. Now I came in as the number two uh, chief operating officer. There was um, 
actually four other partners. So it was four Indian guys and then one Asian guy. We, we, things actually got worse in the first year. And then um, Neil said, look, I think you should get out of this thing. There's no brand equity. Um, you know, I think we should all get out. And I said, look, I think I might want to stick around. And um, everyone basically wanted out. Sujin wanted out too. And I, by the way, I still talk to all of them. We're all friends. Um, and I was able to get Neil's shares 10% for $1. It is an absolutely unbelievable story uh, that that you sort of, you know, rescued this firm. Well, not rescued because you were part of it, but but sort of took this firm from from the ashes uh, to to uh, what it is today. Yeah. What do you attribute that to? Just sort of um, kind of writing it out and and the tides turned, or or did you say let's let's add different services or yeah. kind of go to market a different a different way? Because to, you know yeah. to go from fundamentally nothing to something, yeah. there, there's got to be a catalyst there. You know what they say like in the stock market uh, when when you're negative 100, it's much harder to get to like positive. Uh, so it's it's true. You know, if I were to do it again, I probably wouldn't have done it. I probably would have done something else. <laughs> um, but <laughs> You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. You, you never like once you hit a certain mark, it's like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll, everything connects. So I just want to make sure I'm answering your question right. So can you rephrase your question again? Yeah, I'm just wondering if there was one particular thing uh, yeah, that you yeah. would point to that was like, you know what, this is the yeah. th- this was the decision that we made yeah. that allowed this company to to right. to flourish. Right. I, I think it's always like a series of things that lead up to to success. But what we did decide to do at the time, I was like, man, okay, you know, we're pivoting from search, and then I was like, okay, we got to go into content marketing, right? And then I made a really bad hiring mistake, which is I, I put all on myself. It's, it's my fault at the end of the day. <laughs> and then dropped this all the way to one employee. Um, and then we decided, I was like, man, okay, uh, you know what? The only way I'm going to keep the company afloat is if I refer the leads out. So, because we're getting a lot of leads, right? Uh, the site was continuing to grow. And then we, we would take a percentage, maybe 20, 25% refer the leads out. And that was keeping us afloat. And then what I, I started to see was that the people we were referring the leads to, they weren't retaining. So I was like, do I really want to go back and do I want to you know, build this agency from the ground up? And I said, you know what, let's do it. So um, we decided to focus on paid media and because, you know, it's very black and white, you get reports. Um, you know, I thought we're doing better work than other people. I thought we could do better than other agencies. Um, and that led us to kind of where we are now, which has allowed us to expand back into SEO and content. Um, and, you know, we've been growing ever since. It's amazing. Fantastic. Eric, I really uh, am so impressed by what you've built at, at Single Grain, especially coming from, uh, you know, a $2 purchase is, is extraordinary. You. Congratulations. And I love what, uh, love what you're doing and the content that, uh, that you're putting out. Folks, if you haven't had a chance to uh, tune in to Eric's podcast, uh, Marketing School with Neil Patel, it is fantastic. Short episodes too, just a few minutes, uh, kind of one great tip a day on how to be a better digital marketer, really useful stuff. And Eric's show, Growth Anywhere, uh, terrific stories about people who have also grown their own businesses. So tune into both of those uh, anywhere that you get your audio goodness and, and uh, YouTube as well. Eric, can I ask you the two questions that we've asked everybody here sure. on Social Pros going back uh, nine plus years? Uh, and friends, Adam will be back uh, next week on the microphone with me. Uh, first question, Eric Seuss, CEO of Single Grain, is if you could give somebody one tip, somebody who's looking to become a social pro, per the name of the show, uh, what would you tell them? Yeah, so I agree with you on the video portion. I think just starting with one seed piece of content, right? So I think the easiest way to think about this is you're kind of talking about, hey, a video can actually lead to audio, can lead to text. And what we've been calling this just to make it a little easier for our team to understand internally is you have, we're calling it the content sprouting technique. So you start with the seed piece of content, and then once you're ready to expand it into different pieces, you're sprouting it. 
and then you have to promote it, so then you pollinate it. And then what's going to happen after you pollinate it is you monetization, right? So you harvest it. So it's almost like this nice. whole single grain thing is, is coming full sprout. Um, and I think first, don't try to do all that stuff. Start with one seed first. If you're good at video, do video. If you're good at audio, do audio. If you like to write, go ahead and write. I think it's more competitive right now. Four million plus new blog posts coming out every single day. Um, but start with one seed first and then expand. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. Like find something that, that, uh, that you're disproportionately good at. Uh, do more of that and then and then cross sample that content into other venues. And and look, you know, it is competitive out there. And, and we tell our clients this all the time at Convince and Convert. Like, you know, if you don't love the content that you're creating, you're not going to be very good at it. Yep. 100%. Like, it's just, it's like pretty impossible. Mm-hmm. So you can tell, like people know if you love writing or they can tell if you love video, or they can tell if you love podcasting. Right. Um, you just can't fake it, right? It's, it's, mm-hmm. it just, it shows up. It's like dogs can smell fear and, and uh, fans and content consumers can felt, can, can, can smell indifference. Yep. Um, so, you know, find what you love and, and, uh, and do more of that. Cool. Eric, last question for you. Thanks so much for being on the show. If you could do a video call, with any living person, who would it be and why? Yeah, I think it would have to be, I was, I was debating between Bill Gates and Warren Buffett. Uh, I think I would go with Bill Gates because uh, I, I love both of them, but you got two people, or just focus on Bill Gates, they're very focused on philanthropy. He's, he's, when he was in business, he was ruthless, he was dominating. Um, but at the same time, like he had a kind heart. He, he realized that there's a lot of people pirating windows but, you know, he also realized it was doing so much good around the world that, you know, it's okay to let it go. And, you know, to be the way he is now, you know, doing so well in business and redeploying that is just, it's basically the, the, uh, a premise I think we can all get around, which is just making, helping humanity grow faster or move faster. I love it. It's a great answer. I have one more question for you, actually, Eric, before sure. I go. For those of you uh, watching this uh, on our YouTube channel, this will make sense. If you're just listening, I'll just describe the scene for you. Uh, Eric is uh, in his office in his recording studio, uh, and behind him is a, is a bookshelf uh, with a, a series of what I presume to be business books, uh, and they are organized by color, which uh, is very snappy looking. And so my question is this, have you ever seen anybody, because I know this happens, who organizes the apps on their phone by color? You know what I'm talking about? No, I have. I have seen it. In fact, somebody who who uh, used to work with us used used to do that, and all yeah. the apps on their phone were organized by color. So all the yellow ones together, all the red ones together, just like your bookshelf. And to me, that seems like uh, a really hard way to pick the right app on your phone. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I think behind me, what you're seeing is that's that's a coincidence. I think you see an orange and a red clump, um, <laughs> and then I see a blue clump too. I, I see a green clump too. Wow. Yeah. But, um, I, and then a black clump. I think it's, yeah. I think it's, I think it's planned. I'm not positive. We got to, we got to get to the bottom of this. My team um, set, set, we, we brought the books from my home. Um, yeah. So I think they set it up that way. So I'll have to ask them about yeah. it. So it wasn't yeah. my doing. <laughs> I know uh, there's like a hidden interior designer at single grain. That's, uh, yeah. that's out there making, making a difference. Yeah. I appreciate it. Eric, thanks so much for being here. Congratulations on all the success at single grain. Don't forget to check out Eric's podcast, marketing school and growth everywhere, anywhere that you get your audio files. As always, this show is a social pro. So if it's your favorite show in the whole world, uh, it's brought to you by Convince and Convert, Salesforce, and this week, Pattern 89. Adam will be back next week. Don't forget every single show, 350 episodes, whatever number we're at now, I always forget. You can get at socialpros.com and of course on the YouTube channel as well. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks so much. I'm Jay Bear.